Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number two. Today, we're talking about our favorite non-holiday winter songs and activities in the music room. We'll also share highs and lows from our school week, and in our CODA section, we'll give you some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. After you finish listening, be sure to check out our Music Teacher Coffee Talk Facebook page for show notes and other great ideas for your classroom. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So it's time for our highs and lows. But first of all, what are we drinking tonight? Well, tonight we are having some hot chocolate. Yeah, I would love the coffee, but the caffeine after, you know, the evening hours not working for me. Yeah, and it's December 1st. It's December 1st. So, so it can, seemed fitting. Yeah, officially into the holiday season, officially. Yes. So I'm going to share a high that happened just today, actually. Awesome. In my first grade classroom. Today was the day that I presented Ta and Titi to my first class of first graders. I'll have my other two classes next week and they'll get to do the same, but it's one of my favorite days of the whole year. Yeah. Because it just opens up a whole new world. And especially at my school, I have a high population of ELL students. And it seems like the first day that we put real notation in front of them, they just get really excited. And today, all the kids just grasped the concept right away. We did some reading um, from Heartbeat Chart on the smart board. And then we immediately applied it to songs they knew, like Rain, Rain, Go Away, awesome. Snail, Snail. And then we immediately did some dictation on whiteboards. And for the most part, most of them got it on the first try. Some of them needed a little bit of help, but we were really excited. And then this really fun moment happened where we had a student who was struggling in his classroom right before specials, so he needed some assistance. And so my assistant principal brought him into class right at the moment where I was literally saying, and this we call Ta, and this we call Titi. So my assistant principal just kind of stood in the back and watched the magic Ooh, happen. Nice. And then I noticed she was kind of inquisitively looking at the board, and I could see her reading Ta, Ta, Titi, Ta oh, with cool. the kids. So I think yeah. I also taught my assistant principal how to read Ta's and Titi. Score. Yeah, it was really That's fun. That's always a good thing. I have a question about your dictation, just well, real sure. quick. Do you have kids put... Um, something to symbolize the beat when you're doing the dictation? You know, I didn't in this situation because we were in a bit of a hurry and we just didn't have a ton of time, so I just used plain whiteboards. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I will either have them, like, draw a little heartbeat or I've actually had them do dictation right on top of my laminated heartbeats. I have a set of laminated heartbeats that I use for all sorts of things, and because they're laminated, we can use marker on them they don't erase quite as well though yeah I have laminated ones and I haven't done that because I'm lazy about the erasing exactly and because I knew it was Friday I was in a hurry and it's my last class of the day I didn't want to spend my time after school doing that so why and it was actually kind of a good formative assessment for me to see which kiddos automatically because I was doing four beat rhythms and which students were automatically figuring that out right away and which students like for example instead of writing one set of TT would write two sets of TTs. Yes, you yeah. know how that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just a kind of a good formative assessment in that way anyways. All so right. I will I will pretend like I made that decision on purpose, but yeah. it was really because, like you said, I was a little lazy. Yeah, okay. but still, that worked out really but well. But it worked out, and it was a fun, fun lesson. It was exciting. Very cool. That's fantastic. All right, well, I actually um, 
have a low and um, it's a kind of a generalized low. This week, coming back after Thanksgiving break, Monday was fine because I, I went to bed early the night before. I had everything planned out. I thought ahead of time. We even got to school a little bit early. That was good. Um, and I didn't really start my rotation of my new group of lessons until Tuesday. So oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I had some some things on Monday planned that included um, some revisiting of rules. And I was feeling really good about that because whenever we come back from a long break, if it's more than, say, like three days, I like to do a little bit of rule review no matter what. Um, just to, you know, kind of check in and go, hey, here we are back at school. So I did that Monday and I had plans to do a little bit of that on Tuesday. But on Tuesday, I was planning on starting some rotations with three of my grade levels. I had it all set up. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I had the stuff not set out yet, but I had it in containers ready to go. I didn't set it out because my room was going to be vacuumed. I have choir on on Monday afternoons. And so Right after choir, um, I have to leave the building because then I teach, as you know, because sure. you do too, on Monday nights. Um, so I wasn't able to set out stuff because I knew my room was going to be vacuumed and I'd be back the next morning and I could set out stuff. Well, of course, Tuesday morning, I was a little bit later than I like to be. We're kind happens. of by the seat of my pants situation. And um, when I get to school, I have about 15 minutes and then I have to be on duty in the hallway and then have to be on duty at crossing uh little crossing area outside in front of the parking lot and then when the bell rings and i come in i have five minutes before my first class walks in oh that's quick right and if i have to um you know take care of things like you know go to the bathroom that has to happen and that's uh, and then i walk in the door and i have maybe like a minute to make sure things are up on the smart board or whatever and then kids are in my room okay so let's just say i didn't have everything set out for fifth grade when they came in and they were doing some centers um, I, I made it happen. I explained it as I was setting it up, kind of like, you know, a show and tell, like, oh, look, and here I'm putting these feet charts here, and this <laughs> is what you'll be doing there. Um, it worked, but it was like that very beginning of the of the day being late just kind of set me up to be kind of, you know, just by the skin of my teeth all day long. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. So um, it was a little frantic. Things kind of got messy and thrown around. Um, I, I'm not horribly disorganized, but, um, to that day, Tuesday, I was pretty horribly disorganized. So, um, I even took a picture that I'll post up on our Facebook page. I know you see these lovely pictures on Instagram of wonderful teachers doing these wonderful things and these colorful organized spaces. And this is going to be the antithesis of that. This is going to be my messy desk. Real life. Real life. So if you want to feel good better about your organizational skills, <laughs> please come to our Facebook page, um, that's Music Teacher Coffee Talk, and check out my picture of my desk, a real life picture of what it looked like around lunchtime before I was able to clean up the mess from me tossing everything here and there to get organized for these stations. Um, it'll give you a little schadenfreude uh, if you want to feel better about your uh, organization situation. So yeah, that was my low point. I mean, I got over it Lunchtime came. I had some time. I could like kind of get it together. Regroup. Yeah, but being being a little bit late, not a good thing. Yeah. So well, trying to learn. 
It's time for our main theme, and today's topic is our favorite winter-themed music activities that are not holidays. Yeah, last week we talked specifically about holiday things, but you know, you often have students who cannot participate in holiday activities. And you don't want to make it all about the holidays. Exactly. All of December. Yeah, exactly. That gets to be a bit much. So I'm going to start by talking about uh, a few activities that work well with primary grades, um, starting with the song Bell Horses, which is a really lovely song for lower grades. I happen to do it often in kindergarten, but you could certainly use it in first grade. I, I take it into first grade. I don't yeah. have my kindergartners right now. So. That's true. Yeah, I do get to see kindergarten for a small time each day, so I'm lucky to see them. But it would also be great for a Todd PT review in first grade. Um, also, law. Wonderful for law. Melodic law things. So uh, the song, the, the version that I know, and there are many versions, is Bell horses, bell horses, what's the time of day? One o'clock, two o'clock, time to go away. And that version I learned uh, from Joe Kirk, who was my level one Kodai teacher, Mine as too. well as Tanya's. We love Miss Joe. We love Miss Joe. Um, but you can also find that in lots of different folk song collections. Um, there's another version in the Kodai Method One by Choksi, which is one of the known Kodai Bibles. Also, Music in Preschool by uh, Kathleen Porai. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you can find it in lots of different sources, but that's the version that I know. And uh, I just use it as a fun activity, a steady beat-keeping activity with my kindergarten students. So the way that we play the game is I have all the students sit in a, sitting in a circle, and I kind of gallop around them while we're singing the song. And at, I have one jingle bell in my hand while I'm galloping around. So we talk about how... The horses have the bells in wintertime, and that's where the song Jingle Bells comes from, and really focus on the fact that it's a winter song, not a Christmas song. Not even written for Christmas, originally written for Thanksgiving. Yes, so it's a great, actually, transition into this time of year right now, because we're, you know, just coming off Thanksgiving, but not quite fully into Christmas mode yet, at least trying not to be in my case, but... So I'm galloping around with my bell, and at the end of the song, when we sing, time to go away, I very gently tap one student on the head with the bell, very gently, of course. And I have a big bucket of jingle bells in the middle of the circle, and that student grabs a jingle bell, and then they join my team of horses, and they follow me around, and we gallop around. Now, at this point, you can obviously play it in a couple of different ways. I play it where I just continue to tap one student at a time. Mm-hmm. That does take a little longer to have each student get a bell. But for me, I would prefer that than having students tapping each other on the head right. with a bell. That could get um, a little dangerous. Yeah. If you were in a hurry and you wanted to do it in more of a cumulative way, you could have each student tap another student. And Snowball that would get it. you through it. Yeah, exactly. Much quicker. But I find that that way we, we get to repeat the song that many times. My classes aren't too crazy huge. I think my kindergarten is about average of 20, 21 students. So it doesn't take that long. It's a short song. And so by the end, we're all galloping around with our bells, and it's really lovely. Oh, nice. And then, of course, that transitions really well into we sit down, we have our bells, and now we can sing and tap along with jingle bells which is a really fun activity to do immediately afterwards. Yay. And then um, in another lesson, what I would probably do is take out some sort of a steady beat chart. So I have a beat chart that I've created, you know, just on any sort of Microsoft Word, or you could do it on a smart board file where I have uh, pictures of bells, jingle bells, 
four in a row, 16 of them, and the students each get their own copy, and they tap, tap the steady tap. beat. And you can either have them tap it with their finger, or they could tap, tap it with, it with, the, with the, bell. the bell while they're singing Bell Horses. And awesome. it's just a great way to reinforce steady beat and bring in those jingle bells with something other than jingle bells. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love Bell Horses. Yeah, it's a great song. My yeah. version I use is slightly different, as a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. But I love using it for law. It's my go-to law because uh, that usually happens that I'm really reviewing that this time of year. So that's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. It works well this time of year. All right. Well, I have a, a couple of older grade level songs that I don't know if they're, they're not particularly winter-esque, but I associate them with winter. And I think it's because of the Bells um, theme. and. Well, the first one I actually did today, and it's called Troika, and it is a dance that I got from the Phyllis Weichart's Rhythmically Moving series. I believe it's in Rhythmically Moving too. so if you have that collection of Rhythmically Moving, the old school records and stuff have the blue mm-hmm. cover with the big red numbers, and I think they've updated them since then. They're like rain. <laughs> they're like rainbow numbers or something. Oh, now. Yeah. But um, I know Sana Longden also has um, Troika in one of her collections. I really can't remember which one it is, but I'll try to put that in the show notes and, and find out which one that is. But in Troika, we talk about a Russian sled, and we're in groups of three. And I did this with sixth graders this morning, and it went very well. Um, whenever I do a dance with sixth graders, it seems like, uh, well, they've been with me since first grade. And so they've done a lot of moving, a lot of dancing, so they know the guidelines, but I always feel like I got to get back to, all right, you know, we got to make sure we take hands, not sleeves. We take wrists. Mm -hmm. We don't take wrists. Um, We are respectful of each other, and we have to do some of that review. And uh, today I did something that was oh so helpful that I, you know, it's very simple that I need to remember more often is that I said, you know what? We're about to do this dance. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done any dancing. Why don't you turn to an elbow partner and you just tell, discuss what it is that Miss Lejeune is going to say about when we dance. Oh, well, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it was great because they all came up with the exact same thing. Like, I'm a broken record mm-hmm. when we talk about moving. And so they just... Yeah, but having it come from them exactly. is much more organic and, and they will listen to each other and it's not just the teacher exactly. saying the same thing. And with the, that's great. With the older grades and, you know, I keep needing to remind myself over and over again, the more that I let them have responsibility over their learning... And the more that I have them do turning and talking and coming up with solutions and the more involved they are with decisions and choices, the better it goes and the better they do and the more they learn and the more buy-in I get from them. Because we all know that with sixth graders, and I know most people teach only up to fifth grade because we are one of the last districts that I know of that still has sixth graders Mm -hmm. in our elementary school buildings, but those older grades boy, that this is the time where they're just questioning everything. And, you know, I've been doing this since kindergarten. Why should I still be here and taking direction from an adult in this way yeah. and, and that kind of thing? So anyway, so we reviewed the rules and everything. And um, the dance troika, it went very well. I'm not going to describe it all here to you. You can go ahead and look it up in Rhythmically Moving. Um, the music is just very winter-like. Um, 
and it's just fun. We talk about the troika sled and uh, the Russian term and and zipping along. But um, anyway, that's a fun activity for sixth grade. It's a great dance. I've done that with older students too. Yeah. And it seems like just because it's more challenging and they're in groups of threes mm-hmm. rather than the groups of twos. Right. It makes it less threatening as well because it's not just with a partner, it's with a group. Yeah, but it's not that It's not a really complicated dance. It's, right. Um, they're in groups of three and they're in a circle and they're moving, moving forward, standing shoulder to shoulder in their group of three, and then they're moving backward. And then there's some fun going under the arches thing and making a small circle of, of three. And so it's very simple for them to learn, but it's really enjoyable. And then you can always level up, as I like to say, and you can make it more challenging where you trade out the middle person of each troika. But so look for that in your resources. You might have those rhythmically moving books gathering dust somewhere or or maybe you use them all the time, but it's a fantastic series. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, another thing I wanted to mention is I just love the song Oranges and Lemons for really all grade levels, but I've been using it with some older grade levels as we're looking at three, four meter and it's just a wonderful 3-4 song. And you're probably familiar with oranges and lemons, say the bells of St. Clemens. You owe me five farthings, say the bells of St. Martins. And it's got that really strong 3-4 feel. It's really easy to have kids go to a metallophone and play do, so, so, do, so, so through the whole thing. Even though the harmonies change slightly, you can still maintain that do-so-so and have it work out very well. It's also something that's really easy to add hand chimes to. Um, there, there are game, There is a game, a very traditional game. The song is from England. And if you look in that Rebels book that I mentioned for our last uh, podcast, yeah. uh, it's, it's in there, yeah, uh-huh. which is really interesting because I was, I was flipping through that book and I came across Oranges and then Lemons and I was like, oh my gosh. Now, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because <laughs> it's something I happen to be using this time of year, and I always associate it because of the bells with winter. But look, it's in this Revels Winter Song Collection book, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a section at the very end of the song, if you look specifically at the Revels Collection, uh, which um, has a, uh, here is a candle to light you to bed, and yes. here is a chopper to chop, chop off, off your, your head. head. That's classic. Yeah, and you... Uh, <laughs> Don't have to include that part, of course. Oh, but if you do with older kids, they love it. Oh, have you done that? I have. Oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know what? The The reason I haven't done this, uh, I haven't included that part, is because uh, I remember when I read 1984 for the first time, <laughs> which was only like 10 years ago. Right. And I recently reread it, by the way. Um, but, yeah, that is mentioned a lot. That song, Oranges and Lemons, is is like a kind of an ongoing oh, theme right. threaded throughout the book. Okay, Especially yeah. that little stanza. Yes. And um, ever since then, I'm just like, let's, let's leave that leave out. Leave that alone. Yeah, I just um, can't Yeah, I think I just quickly glossed <laughs> over it. I didn't spend a lot of time, but it was fun to see fifth graders' reaction to that. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I should. <laughs> a re- little macabre. <laughs> I should rethink that. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then I wanted to talk about one more, talking about um, bells and such. Uh, I like to pull out the little bells of Westminster, and I really, I think it's, I think you can find it in that purple 150 round book. Oh. Or is it 105? Oh, my gosh. It's 
I'll we'll put find it. it. We'll find it. Yeah, I'll we'll put, put a it link. in the show notes. I know some of you are thinking, oh yeah, the purple book. The purple <laughs> book full of, full of cannons and rounds. Um, and it's just the little bells of Westminster go ding dong, ding dong, dong. And it's really just a nice thing to add hand chimes with. And my school happens to be in Westminster. I know that the song is originally referring to, you know, Westminster Church in England, but it's just kind of a fun thing. My kids get all excited because we're singing about the little bells of Westminster. Oh, that's right. And I have to say, well, it's not really about our town, but um, we here can we go. Pretend. We can pretend. You mentioned your hand chimes and hand bells. How, how often do you get those out? You know, I do get them out quite a lot. Uh, something I, I like to do, I just have them nearby most of the time, is when we do our opening song, especially if it's a pentatonic song, it's so easy to just find a few kids to take a hand chime, and it's great steady beat practice. And I, I do this from second grade all the way to first grade. I, I All the way to sixth grade, excuse me. I don't really do it with first graders. Um, but I just throw a few kids on the hand chimes and we just play a steady beat and we can stay on a one chord depending on the song and if I do a one five I can just say okay if you see a number one coming at you on the steady beat and you are FAC then you play if mm -hmm. if you are these other notes you see a five then you play when you see the five and it's it's really quick they don't get, get into kids. the whole theory of it, but no. they have the opportunity to hear it and hear the way that exactly. the chords are changing. And it's just it's just a really lovely sound that you can do very quickly. Um, so for Little Bells of Westminster with third graders, I did this the other day, and I just had a few kids play. And I managed to have every kid in class play because I do have two sets of hand chimes, and I really am not particular about octaves. So I don't mind having the big old fat Fs and Cs down there. Uh, and after we've done it and sung it once, it's such a short song. I say, okay, anyone who hasn't played, raise your hand. And if you have a hand chime, give it to someone whose hand is raised. And after that, I say, if you've played, sit down. Oh, if you're still standing, that's someone who hasn't had a hand, had a hand chime. So people who have hand chimes, go give it to someone still still standing. It only takes like four or five times. Great idea, though, yeah. to get those in their hands more often. Yeah, so that's some of the bell things that I like to do this time of year. And now it's time for the CODA, where we each share a professional or personal recommendation. Tanya is up first today, and is your CODA professional or personal, Tanya? Oh, I've got a professional one this time around. Um, coming off of Thanksgiving break, these few weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they can be um, a little trying, especially Absolutely. classroom management and discipline-wise. And um, let's face it, we're all kind of tired. The, the kids are tired, the teachers are tired, and it is it is really easy to just kind of let your guard down and just kind of try to just grapple through until you reach that winter break. But uh, this year, I'm really being very intentional about when we come back from a break, I want to make sure that we check in and say, okay, hey, this is music. Remember what we're doing here. Remember what our purpose is. Let's keep these things in mind. And so 
I did spend some time this week reviewing some procedures and some rules. I tried to make it a little bit more fun. I'll talk about more uh, about that in another show because I think we have a classroom management and discipline thing on the horizon at some yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's so much fun. Sure. Um, but no, but it's always stuff that we always want to review and know. And we, whenever I can get a little tip from somebody else, I'm thrilled because, you know, we, we need those fresh tips. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I was happy to see that was very successful is that I wanted to practice some specific skills. And I've been having kids talk in sharing and pairing and also in small groups a lot lately. Um, so I wanted to practice the skill that I'm calling the skill of coming back to group. And I'm sure you've probably seen this or done this yourself before, but it's where when kids are, are talking either in pairs or in a small group and they're discussing something and now it's time to come back to a whole group, I just raise my hand at the front of the room silently. I don't say anything. I raise my hand. And then when kids see me raising my hand, they know that that's the time for them to quiet down their conversation to finish what they were saying, and then also raise their hand so everyone gets the clue that we are coming back to a large group discussion. And I, I really prefer this to, you know, um, getting their attention through a hand clapping or some kind of signal. And that, that has its place as well. But I don't want kids to feel like I'm cutting off their conversation yeah. and that, okay, everybody just stop dead in your tracks right now. I want it's them, nice to let them finish yeah, their sentence. Exactly. They need to have ownership over their discussion that they've been engaged in. And so I've been practicing the skill of back to group and I'm kind of dorky intentional about it. So I'll say, okay, please turn and talk to your neighbor about um, how a tea ticka feels as opposed to a ticka tea. And they'll talk and and then they'll see me raising my hand and I'll say, we're practicing the skill of back to group <laughs> just this week. And then they all look and they start, conversations start to die down and then they raise their hand and join me. And it's been a really good thing to review. And so far, it's been pretty successful. So I'm glad that I've put that in there, even though it's not it's not super exciting. Yeah, I do something similar, but I put up my hand and then I slowly count down just on my fingers oh. from five to zero so that they see that there will be an ending eventually to oh, the conversation, but it does give them time to wrap up what oh, they're saying. That's so a it's good another idea twist. Too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, whatever works better for your exactly. situation. So how about you? Do you have a professional or a personal thing Oh, I'm going to throw a personal one in. Awesome. So this week... On Tuesday of all days, um, got a message from my brother-in-law. It was my sister-in-law's birthday, nice. and they just got married just about a month ago. And so we were really excited that my new sister-in-law, we got to celebrate her birthday with her for the first time. Yay. And so being the young, uh, no children yet couple they are, they said, well, we're going to go to dinner, and then we're going to go see Coco. Of course. And, you know, my immediate reaction was, well, I have two children. And so doing that um, on a school night might not be my first choice, but I thought, we're just going to do it. Yay. So um, it was 645. It wasn't too incredibly late. Um, but we did. We went and saw Coco and um, it was fantastic. Nice. And for all music loving people, I highly recommend you see this movie if you haven't already, because it's really focuses on the power of music and traditions and families 
Um, really, I don't want to give away anything, but no it focuses spoilers. on uh, music's ability to to bring back memories and recall traditions of the past oh my. and how it connects us together. And it's it was just really fantastic. The music was lovely. Okay. Um, you know, traditional. Will I cry? Uh, uh, oh, yes. I, okay, I ugly cried for sure. <laughs> um, and now my children, they loved it so much that they, they want to listen to the soundtrack. So we've oh. been listening to it. We have Spotify. So we just listen to it on Spotify. And even listening to the soundtrack now, I tear up because Aww. I'm recalling the images of the movies. So oh, wow. yeah, definitely go see Coco. Go see it in the theater if you can, just because the experience, it's beautiful. The artwork is beautiful. The music is beautiful. And uh, if you work with a high population of Hispanic students like I do, it really just tugs at the heartstrings as well, because it made me think of my students Aww. and their traditions and how I need to incorporate that more into my classroom of course that's always something I'm working on but it was lovely it was wow, a really nice. great movie I might go see it again oh I was planning on going over the winter break <laughs> oh well let's go together you want to go I'm going with Amy actually <laughs> with Amy Abbott yeah, <laughs> yeah let's we'll make it a trio yeah it's it's really good I would definitely see it again awesome wonderful We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. You can also find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Also be sure to check out today's show notes on our Facebook page, Music Teacher Coffee Talk. We'd love it if you'd like our page and share it with others. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking.